this whole day, I think, has been a complete state of confusion, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, brothers and sisters and friends of the Kentucky Bible School, it's been a hard decision to make here whether I talk to you uh, a while about the nation of Israel or whether I show you some pictures, so decided to try and do a little of both, and since the time is very short, I guess both of those uh, uh, situations will have to be uh, short too. I have some things that I feel like, um, as uh, Brother Frank just got through saying, some confessions more or less to make. Some things that I would like to say because I feel that maybe somebody else could benefit by it uh, even sooner than I did. I have a poster stuck over there on the corner. Somebody took some down yesterday. I don't know, but that one I'll take down before they get to it because I want that. Uh, Pop that thing all the way from London. I like that statement. I've been using it for some time, and I see that more and more people are using it. It's a premise that any of us is going to have to start using or start with if we expect to get any place. In the beginning, God. And if we don't start with that beginning and we don't start with God, we don't get very far. If we start with the idea that maybe there's a God, or maybe at one time there was a God, uh, but he's got sick or something and he's maybe not around anymore. And this is the thing that's, that has set up. This is the thought and the idea that's been presented for some hundred, well, even over a hundred years now. And when you take off the first premise, you wind up in all the places of the people of the world that wound up today. To where they are to the point of jumping off of bridges, they, they have a constant crew out of San Francisco, I understand. Now just, they're fishing out the people that are jumping off the bridge. They almost have to take a number and take turns. They're going to pray for the mountains to fall in on them. They have gone as far as they can go. The man has done, doing his own thing, has just about wound himself, his body up almost to the end. And as we can understand now, and the scripture says that God, if he didn't step in and interfere with man, he would utterly destroy himself. I have lived, and I am very thankful that I have lived through a period of God's creation. And more things have happened, and more has been done, and more is being done than in any other period of time in all the pages of history. We are living in a glorious and grand time of God's creation. None of us are making near the full use of it. We are right at this time seeing the last great physical performance that God is going to perform on the earth. We read and talk in, the, uh, in our Sunday schools and our... Bible work about the great miracles that Jesus performed while he was on the earth some 1900 years ago. He turned water into wine. He brought a few people back to life for a short period of time. He did a few little things that uh, were related as miracles at that time. Today we have seen things far greater, far more massive. We have seen the final thing happen. The thing that has been pointed to for centuries and centuries, the thing that the apostles asked Christ about at the time that he was on the earth, that he walked this earth before, when, at what time, when would the kingdom 
established, and we were told to watch for a certain thing, for the regathering of the Jews. They were scattered, they were scattered abroad to be punished for a period of time, but he says, though I scatter you, I will regather. This is a thing that people have written about and talked about now for a couple of hundred years, and there has come to pass the last great performance that God is going to do on the earth to persuade man, to show him, is the regathering of Israel. And this is a miracle that people fail to realize, fail to utilize, and fail to understand. Now, it took a lot to bring it about. Uh, if we had the time, which we do not, we could go way back into this. But this business of God, God being dead and God being sort of out of the picture, started back in Germany over a hundred years ago. Uh, maybe you've never heard this expression, but it won't hurt for me to make it, and you can accept it for what it's worth. But one of the reasons it was Hitler was raised up and determined himself to destroy the Jews, to wipe them out, was to prove that if he could destroy the Jewish nation, if he could wipe the Jews out of Europe even, he would prove that if God was there, he wasn't working much with the Jews anymore. Now most of you will say, of course, that one reason why Hitler came was to persecute the Jews and drive them back to Israel. This is also true. But his first, his first reason was to destroy the Jew, that it might not be no more, that it couldn't be said that there was a God in heaven looking after the Jew. Well, we know what happened to Hitler, we know what happened to Germany, and we know what happened to the Jews. We had just exactly what Isaiah had written some oh, 6, 19, 21, 2200 years before. That suddenly a nation would be born in a day. Very suddenly a nation would be born in a day. And a nation was born so suddenly. But we have a man in, I think he's still there, I'm not sure, one of the first sailors, first man to wear a sailor's uniform in the Israeli army, uh, was putting around the coast of Hyper in a little old fishing boat, flying uh, what we now call the Israeli flag. And uh, a British steamer comes along and uh, goes through the usual naval procedures of recognizing one another. And uh, when the uh, young Israeli sailor uh, identified himself as the Israeli flag, the Israeli Navy, why the, the British man says, who, what did you say? What was that? He says, Palestine to you. Uh, but so suddenly was this thing come about, and so suddenly was it a little Navy and a little flag that even the British, who had just pulled out of there, didn't know there was such a thing. Now this is how suddenly it came about, but very suddenly, in a day. In the very day of May the 14th, 1948, that the British power took out of the land of Palestine, a political organization was declared and Israel became a nation. And very shortly after that, it had a navy, and it had an army, and it had a flag, and it had a constitution, and it had all of these things suddenly come about. This still doesn't mean much to the world. After three wars, I have a map here. This part of Israel, which took from 1947 in May till February 1949, and they fought their way and occupied the dark green part of Israel here. It's shown in the dark green there and then. Had they not been stopped, they would have gone on and on 
occupied the rest of the land of all the old land of Palestine. In the early part of the fighting, he was the United Nations uh, said to leave them alone, don't interfere because they figured they would wipe them out. This was a full intention. Uh, the, uh, the Jordanian army that was trained by the British would come a turn across here, the Palestinian people that you hear talked about every day. How many know what a Palestinian really is? Is anybody here that can really tell me what a Palestinian is? He is the fellow that left his home in this area here in 1947 when he was told by the Jordanian army to get out of here, take your nice two weeks vacation, go away and enjoy yourself. We're going to come through and we're going to drive every Israeli on the land into the Mediterranean and he'd be a bee no more. That's Psalms. David wrote this a thousand years before the birth of Christ. Uh, an 83rd Psalm, and I think, what is it, 7th or 4th verse, something like that. The very words that they said they were going to do, David wrote it a thousand years before the birth of Christ. They push him into the sea, says you can come back later after you've had your two weeks vacation, you can go back to your property and your work and your business, and you also can take a like amount of Jewish property, because it's all going to be there for the grass. Well, now, the Jordanian people that you hear about today, that everybody's crying about, and these poor people that the Israelis have mistreated so terribly, are those people that went and didn't come back. They're still not back. They had an opportunity to come back, even on an equal basis at the time. For some months, the proposition is open. You can come back to your house, and you can come back to your property. Even though you lost, you gambled and you lost. Most of them didn't, but this was a political thing. It was an outside deal, not local. It was the outside. It was Arabs in collusion with other people, and they trapped up here. Uh, I have a, a slide on there that shows one of the camps of Jer- just outside the city of Jericho, where those people were kept for 20 years. After the 67 war, they were disposed of one way or the other. Some of them went off into Syria and Lebanon, and the rest of them were living in fine homes and got fine jobs and and raising a family and educating it uh, in Israel. And they wouldn't leave Israel for anything. They wouldn't uh, have no intentions of ever going out of Israel again. They're being treated properly there. But the Palestinian that is giving the world so much trouble right now is this very person that left for two weeks vacation and never came back because it didn't quite work out. Now, why didn't it work out? Because it wasn't God's will. A fully equipped British Army with all of the equipment that the Britain had just left in the country, turned over fully equipped prisons full of young Israeli uh, um, criminals because they maybe had uh, sidearms or they maybe knew how to make gunpowder or they maybe had kicked the British soldier and they were all locked up. They were all in the there. They had all of this, everything come against nothing but what happened. They didn't get there at all. They didn't get to do anything. I explained to my class, I won't go through that again, how the uh, couple of kibbutzes stopped the Egyptian army with 2,000 men, planes, tanks, heavy armament, and all of this kind of stuff. These people were nothing but an old worn-out Italian rifle. Now, how did it happen? God did it. And it doesn't make any difference what they had and what they didn't have. i just give you some detail to show you on a physical thing what it was. But God is performing a miracle before our eyes. The greatest and the last one he's going to do. Uh, Brother Jim Stanton, I think uh, with his class, is going to be very interesting the next two days. But uh, the things that he is going to point out is going to indicate 
that there is a possibility that some of us won't be around much longer to see anything further in the developments. The things that will go on from now on. It's quite likely that no other great miracle is going to be performed before our eyes. God is done. He is finished. He has done the things that he has said he was going to do. Israel is gathered back. It's becoming a very strong nation now. In fact, it's, it's becoming so strong that they're feeling quite independent. Uh, they're not necessarily depending on anybody or anything. They're quite capable and self-sufficient. They're increasing at a rate, they're increasing in their output in agriculture and industry uh, and all other uh, resources at a rate from three to ten times faster than anybody else in the world. They have performed so many things that uh, man is impossible for man. In the 67 war, the things that they accomplished down here, they gained ten times their original territory in a matter of six days, and actually it was only a matter of six hours. Uh, within six hours from the time battle, the first battle fire went forth, it was announced in the Knesset in Jerusalem that the Arab powers were no longer able to put forth any battle, were no longer able to fight, their military power was destroyed, it was simply a matter of mapping up operations. The man down here that was our guy that shot our shot right down in this point here, just laughed. He hee He plumbed his guts. He said, talk about a six-day war. He said, in 30 hours, they had tanks flying all the way up and down the Suez Canal. Just 30 hours after the war started. It was a lightning war. It was an impossible thing. A very impossible thing. We had a guy up on the Golan Heights that said three days after the war was over, he had the United Nations generals and some of the greatest military brains in the world up there to look the situation over, and they said, impossible, it couldn't happen, no way. Could anybody take the, the, the uh, establishment that they had up there? There was just no military rationalization of such things happening. How much of it did you see in our newspapers? I have a file of magazine uh, articles and newspaper clippings explaining how some great military minds explaining with drawings how these different things happened, how the uh, Israeli jets managed to destroy every wild jet on the Egyptian airfields and the Syrian airfields, and all of the wooden decoys that were scattered all over the country, not one of them was touched. They come up with everything but God. Everything, never once, was one did one article mention God. The only thing that had anything to do with it was God. But they will go to any length to play down God. This movement that is, we're told about, basically in Revelations and some other places, uh, in the scripture, uh, this atheistic development that was to come to pass in the last days is running full steam ahead. God is given uh, the, well, given the boot. I guess that expression will be acceptable here. Uh, it's getting to the point where most people are ashamed to even confess a belief in, in God. The average person in this country today 
Well, 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 if he does admit that he goes to church, he's sort of ashamed of it. And if you ask him if he believes in God, he's doubtful. He doesn't quite know, even if he is a sort of a kind of a church member. Uh, some 80% of the ministers in the United States today in a poll uh, question whether the Bible is true, and they question even at a higher rate on some of the statements, some of the stories in the Bible, for instance, Jonah and Noah. Uh, I believe about 65% of them question whether the Bible is the Word of God, and I think it went down to about 30% of the ministers that didn't necessarily believe that there was a God. But now this is a survey that was made some two years ago. Uh, this is the ministers, this is the leaders, the leadership of our nation, this great Christian country, is led by just such people. We have one of the Bibles out today that was, that was uh, re-translated, and about 30% of those involved in the translation do not believe in God. Now what kind of a Bible do you think you're going to get if the people translating the Bible doesn't believe there's a God? And there is one on the market today. God is performing this thing before us, before our very eyes. He is doing that last great act. And the world is never going to see it. They are never going to know it. And I ask you pose a particular question that I have done a number of times, never to this larger group. But Suppose, just suppose, that in the morning news would come out that a new king was reigning in Jerusalem and that he demanded the recognition of all the world, all the powers that be in the world, to bow to him, to pay him homage and to pay him tax. What do you suppose would happen? exactly what is going to happen. Armies would mass wave after wave to go to destroy this anarchist. There is no question. The Christian world would join. They would hang together rather than hang separately, and they would join forces. And that time is going to come. The Christian world will go against it. Not with it. They are not going to see. There won't be one in a million that will recognize Christ when he comes to the earth. Because they are doing their very best to cover up in every way. Now you say, why do I say that? What authority do I speak with? What happened when he was here before? Did you know? the prophecies of the, of the Messiah. They knew every detail that had been written about him. They knew when, where, how, and by what source he was to be born. They knew what was to happen with, to happen to him after he was born. They knew how that he was supposed to be crucified. They knew all of these things. What did they do? They prepared their stories ahead of time to deny it, to cover it up, to obscure it to keep from believing it and keep anybody else from believing it. And they're doing the very same thing today. The Jews are being called home 
And they are, they really mean this. Uh, some of the Jews that we had uh, occasion to contact are worried now. They said that God has been with them. God has graciously brought them this far. God has protected them even in the 67 war around under conditions that even they had no right to hope for. But they're worried now, will God be so gracious the next time if they have another conflict? And they are begging for help to come there. It's sort of like praise the Lord and pass the ammunition, but uh, anyway, they realize that God has helped them this far, but they're just not quite sure based on uh, situations that Joshua had, based on past records down through the pages of Bible history. Uh, God has always been directly involved. He hasn't always taken people's side as they thought maybe that he should. Maybe something wasn't just quite right. So they are not quite assured. They are hoping and they are preparing, though, as best they can to defend themselves against the whole world, against the entire world. They will stand alone, they have stood alone, and they will stand alone again with God. God only. We have to get God into the picture. We have to realize. And in trying to, to understand, in trying to interpret the prophecies of the Bible, we have to consider that God, what God has said will be. He said he created this earth for his own pleasure. And his word will not come back to him void. And he said that there would be an end. And when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up, this could be ahead for your redemption draws nigh. And he says, when certain of these things begin to come to pass, that this generation, this fifth generation, shall not pass till all things be fulfilled. And the brother spoke out tonight and said 40 years was a generation. This, this as close as I can see, biblically, is approximately a generation, some 40 years. Well, so we are living in this last 40-year period. And we are seeing God perform more great things both throughout the world, knowledge being increased, such as it is, I think it's a poor grade of knowledge, but we are doing things, we are accomplishing things that man never believed he could accomplish. Uh, we uh, have increased in knowledge in our, uh, a number of ways to such an extent that uh, we really don't know what to do with ourselves. We feel now that uh, we're overdoing. We have an overkill. We can kill everybody off in a matter of hours with our bombs. Uh, we can just literally wipe out. This is exactly what God said man would bring himself to. He says, well, he should step in and cut the time short. Well, man is already fearing that uh, this is suggested daily, you know, that somebody, somehow, they just might get a little trigger happy and press the button and start a war that would wipe man out. God says it will not happen. Now, I was, I'm in the contracting business, and I was asked a few years ago to build a bunch of uh, bomb shelters. This is something I could never bring myself to. I even went and talked to people about them, but I never could bring myself to build a bomb shelter because I felt it would feel guilty. I never felt that we would be attacked by a bombing bomb. I felt that God would control this thing and that man wouldn't be allowed to destroy himself to the degree 
But I couldn't. I just couldn't. That's one job I couldn't do. Well, I could have been a little lucrative business for a short period of time. But if we trust in God and if we know what God says, we have a lot of directions. We don't have so much problem. Everything isn't a great unanswerable problem. And we don't have to worry about how God's going to do it. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And it's going to happen the way and the time in which he has prophesied. And there is nothing that can prevent it. Absolutely nothing. Nobody, no thing, no army, no power, no political movement can interfere one or other with God's plan. It's going forward. And it's moving very rapidly. And unless we come to an understanding of what's going on and do it very rapidly, we are going to be left in the seas, the masses of people that's going on to destruction. We read in Ezekiel, we read in Ezekiel in the 36th chapter and the 37th chapter where God tells Israel that he is going to gather them back. These old bones have been rattling out for some 25 or 30 or 40 years, depending on how you want to look at the first shake. Uh, there is no doubt but what they will continue, and they will continue but one way, and that is forward. And God tells us, tells them, tells the world, that he's doing it for his own pleasure. He's not doing it for them, for what they did or what they didn't do. Well, he really condemned them for what they did do, uh, uh, the way they did his name throughout the world and so on, for the lack of faith. But he says, in spite of what you are, in spite of who you are, I will regather you and I will make a nation of you. Lest we think, well, maybe because they haven't been what we might think they might have been, God might not do it. Because he has already, already registered his considerations in Ezekiel that regardless of what they are, in spite of what they are, these things will continue. Therefore, we have this this nation here now, and it is my opinion that it will continue, that that map will continue to get green. I can't see in any way how it was going to shrink or how the other colors will move on. I think if any direction it will go, will be green because there are still areas there uh, that the land of, land of Israel should have, that Israel should have, that Joshua took, and uh, I doubt very much if there will be uh, anything but one direction. God doesn't say anything about reversing reversals. He talks about a tree when you see the tree putting forth its leaves. You know that spring is near, and you know that it will bloom and, and it will have fruit and so on. There's no such a thing as giving up one morning and tree having a leaf on it, and the next morning the leaf has shrunk up a little bit or off. That leaf only goes one way. It might stop. Might be a cold spell, and that leaf may, be, may stay small for a while, but it, it only grows one way. And if that is symbolic for the nation of Israel, which is given in a number of places, then it only goes one way, and that will go larger and larger and closer to maturity or to a, a final stage. So it uh, would be rather ridiculous, in my opinion, to consider that it can be shrunk. 
think the time... Well, the time is so short. I have a, a number of slides, in fact a great number of them there. Uh, it's time for the services to be concluded. And uh, for all of those that want to see slides, I think, uh, Brother uh, Kaiser, do you want to conclude the meeting at this time and then let everybody get a little walk and a drink? It'll come back and I'll, uh, I'll show slides as long as you want to sit there and watch them. If you want to see more, maybe like tomorrow afternoon or sometime we could see some more, because I do have more than could be seen in two or three days uh, here. But it's already almost 9.15, and that's, that should be the end of the program. Now, I'll tell you what I thank you.